0: Hi, guys. Welcome back. Hey. This is Sarah. And Whitney. Welcome to Preview Alliance Podcast again. So today, guys, we're just kind of breaking down postpartum depression, the basics. What is yep. it? Um, Whitney is going to help us kind of figure it out because, you know, when you hear this term, mm-hmm. and I remember being a first-time mom, pregnant, even now, I feel like people kind of just like say it as a blanket term.
1: Mm-hmm. I would agree.
0: And what's... I went through and experienced it, I realized there's so many levels to it. Oh, yes. It's
1: really a spectrum. Right. And I feel like more often than not, people hear about baby blues. Mm -hmm. And they think, oh, I have baby blues. It's not that big of a deal. But it could be postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, maybe postpartum OCD. It may not be just baby blues. And I don't mean to belittle the baby blues when I say Just baby blues, right? But one of the
0: key things with that is baby blues is very short term, right? So I, if I remember correctly, it's like eighty percent of women of moms Mm -hmm. have baby blues. Oh yeah. So it's a. I really don't know how one hundred percent of moms don't have it. I think it's just one of those things that's not reported again. Agreed. Just like postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. which little statistic here was one in seven now one in three. Oh, how I mean, if not half or more. Thanks, COVID, I isolation. I say, we can thank COVID for that. Um, the lack of moms having this village. Support, yeah. I know there was a funny thing on Instagram the other day. I think Big uh-huh. Little Feelings posted it. It was like, uh, yeah. where's the village? Are they, wh- who do I call? Where yeah, do where, they show up? Where is this village at? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. do I go find the village? They don't show up sometimes. No. So they what don't. is Baby Blue's? So,
1: baby blues, I will say, is somewhat more hormonally based. Okay. So, and I think we talked about this in a previous um, episode where in pregnancy, our progesterone kind of slowly or steadily increases. So, it's not really a shock to our system. But when we deliver, regardless of breast or formula, feeding or a combination,
0: our hormones crash on us. The greatest hormonal—it's a very shift, big shift that any human experiences. It's massive. As moms get to do it,
1: yeah, it's
0: sometimes multiple times. I—I um, I just, yeah,
1: super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so baby blues is more hormonally based. Okay, so that's going to be one of those you find yourself kind of crying over things, and you're like, "Why am I crying over this? This is not a big deal." So I tell moms, it could be something like, the cat food commercial makes you cry. And you're like, what the heck? This is not who I am. I am not a crier, and I am crying over the cat food commercial. Right. Or you knock over a bottle of water. Something that, yes, is annoying, frustrating, and inconvenience, but all of a sudden you have burst into tears. Just like uncontrollably. Uncontrollably. And you can stand there and be like, I shouldn't be crying about this, but I can't stop the tears. So you recognize Uh,
0: this is not like myself. Absolutely. You
1: almost have, I hate to call it this, but I don't have a better way to explain it. A little bit of an out-of-body experience where you're looking at yourself and you're like, wait a minute here. That's not our norm. Right. That's not what we usually do. That's not our normal reaction. And you can say, I know this isn't my norm, but I can't stop crying about it. Okay. Sometimes we do need to literally just cry it out. Mm-hmm. That's our way of kind of processing that hormonal shift. Sleep deprivation also makes it worse. Oh my gosh. So and hard. we are also physically recovering. So you've got a lot going on there, but also baby blues is going to be more short term. I would say 90% of the time baby blues is going to be kind of resolved or done, so to speak, between two to three weeks postpartum. Okay. So that's kind of your
0: kicker right there is that time frame. Is if it's, if you're going into like a couple months of this. Oh, that's I would a, say even a month. That's a red flag there.
1: Absolutely. It, I would say even at a month, that's when it's like, okay,
0: this, something could be off here. So it, so I was reading something about this and was saying onset, like when it happens. Mm hmm how long mm-hmm. and how intense is yes. kind of sayings to categorize it mm-hmm. as well. And
1: I will say most moms really don't experience much symptoms of baby blues or postpartum anxiety depression until they're home.
0: Well yeah, I I totally and most see of the that t-
1: and I say most of the time you do have moms that have traumatic deliveries, you do have moms that have NICU babies, things of that nature where it is gonna hit you in the hospital. But let's just say someone had kind of a standard course, Mm -hmm. an uncomplicated vaginal delivery, an uncomplicated C-section, baby didn't go to NICU, or if they did, it was maybe like an observation type of situation where they were there for maybe a few hours. It wasn't a lengthy stay. Baby did not have to have any medical interventions. It might have been monitoring for body temp or O2 and weight, things like that. So, nothing where like a surgery or, you know, again, major interventions were done. Mm -hmm. And so, we're going to say someone had maybe a standard hospital stay, standard course. And then everything's fine in the hospital. Right. Because you got nurses helping you out. You have housekeeping there. You have people bringing you meals.
0: Yes. You have the nursery that, yeah, you you can can utilize the nursery for a few hours. Yes. Yes.
1: So, you have a support team there. But most of the time, baby blues, you're going to start to notice it at day three or four postpartum.
0: I remember that with so, James. Mm-hmm. It was, I was so sad, too. Uh-huh. And then the the, the crying.
1: Yep. That'll get it.
0: And I kind of relate it to, I don't know if you experienced this during your pregnancies, hmm. but sometimes when you're pregnant and, like, you just were, like, I used to do this thing with my husband, Toss, me all the time, I would, like, okay. laugh cry, where, I couldn't control it. Yeah,
1: so that is very. I've explained. I've used that same um, kind of analogy with patients before. I'm like, you know how when you're pregnant and all of a sudden you just kind of burst into tears and you're like, what the heck? Same thing with baby blues. So baby blues is going to be one of those you feel like, oh my gosh, this is like a pregnancy cry. Right. That's kind of a little tip for it there. The time frame. That's right. The to me that is the biggest criteria is if it lasts more than three weeks, if you're going into week four of this, red flag.
0: And that's something else I wish, you know, your partners, your family, your support system knows, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, a lot of times, and I think what happened to me with Mm -hmm. Will and my postpartum depression, is it kind of was just like, this is, oh, this is normal, right? This is what happens. Mm -hmm. She's a new mom. She's exhausted, and so no one ever really yeah. broke it down to me yeah. or our family like, okay, this is lasting longer like you said. Yep. Um she's not recognizing that this is like I kept thinking that this was like this is it. Like this yeah. is my life now. Mm-hmm. I couldn't it recognize. Will never end. Right. I didn't realize like Sarah, this is silly that you're crying over this. Mm-hmm. I just was like really impacted by it. Yeah. Which should have now we can look back and know. Yeah. And I actually had a friend recently, she texted me and she was like, I'm so just like sad right now. And I'm crying for no reason. Yeah. And I looked and I was like, Oh, she had just gave birth four days ago. And I'm like, Okay. okay. Yep. So this was like, this is baby blue. Absolutely. This is recognize this. Mm-hmm. Um, remind your husband of this again. Absolutely. And we'll just keep a check on it. Yes,
1: for sure. And I do think too, more so with my second Then my first... I had the baby blues a little bit earlier because we knew she was my last. Okay. She was a COVID baby, born August 2020. So I didn't get to have my friend there to take the delivery pictures like I did with my first. Mm -hmm. So there was an element of grief even before I left the hospital because I thought, I don't get a do-over. This is it. This is it. So that sadness kind of hit me and I can picture it now, mm-hmm. looking at my hospital window, holding her. And I thought, you really need to soak this in because you're not going to get this opportunity again. Yeah. Because we knew we were two and done. We had had that conversation many, many times. Right. And now that I have a toddler and an almost kindergartner, we are for sure done. You're so done. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
0: we're good. Two is plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're team no uterus over here. So we're exactly very done yeah. as well. The yep. tubes are gone. They have yep. been
1: removed and I'm good with it. I'm yeah. very confident in that decision However, postpartum, yeah. it is an element of grief. So moms, if it's your last baby or you're thinking it's going to be your last baby, or if you're like me and you had a COVID baby mm-hmm. and your hospital stay didn't get to look anything like how you thought it would, no, you didn't get to have visitors, you didn't get to have the pictures that you got to have done. If you have an older child and they didn't get to come see their sibling in the hospital,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's those are things that can almost expedite the baby blues process and those feelings of sadness
0: and let's be honest the world we live in today oh there's so much more that we're we're bombarded with social media oh yeah we're bombarded with the news we're bombarded with this crisis this pandemic yeah so much more on moms yeah so we're already i feel like just as baseline high alert oh yeah then you crash our hormones whole situation Uh, for sure is there anything that you tell clients to be like I think what people struggle is is like okay is this postpartum depression is it just because I have a baseline anxiety so now I'm just like more anxious because I'm a mom or maybe I had an issue with my temper now Mm -hmm. I'm being more rageful Mm -hmm. how do you kind of separate like
1: the baseline versus postpartum right So part of it is if there's already a baseline. So for me, I've always been kind of a type A personality Mm -hmm. and I always joke with my clients. I'm like, well, type A means type anxiety. Mm -hmm. We like for things to go a certain way. We really like predictability. We like a little bit of control over things. We're all about a to-do list and we want to complete that to-do list. So I already know that I kind of want things to go a certain way because it makes me feel like I'm in control. It eases my anxiety. Same. So, that's something I already know about myself, that I I do have that type A personality. So, as a mom, it was one of those, okay, I do want things to go a certain way, but if I'm not letting myself sleep at night because I'm scared of SIDS, okay, well, that's new. That's not something that was there before. Of course, I knew about SIDS, was aware of SIDS, knew I needed to follow the safe sleep rules. Right. But if I'm there watching my baby sleep because I'm thinking, but if I go to sleep, she'll die. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's this inevitable, there, it is what it is. Like there's no way around it. You know, if I fall asleep, boom, it's going to happen. Okay. Well, that's an anxious, that's anxiety. Those are intrusive thoughts. Right. So it's taking my type A personality and kind of putting some kerosene on that fire. Yeah. So, it's one of those, you already know what your baseline looks like.
0: And I think that's the hardest thing that I Mm. never did before I was a mom, truthfully, Mm -hmm. is I thought I knew myself. Mm -hmm. I thought I knew my triggers. Yeah. And then motherhood, like you said, lit it up. Oh, yeah. And brought out. And so, I wish, I think if, if you're listening and you're expecting or you know, you're trying to do a lot of self work Mm -hmm. on yourself, kind of looking at yourself and knowing these things beforehand.
1: I agree. Kind of take stock. Yes. And think, okay, well, what are some things that I know about myself? Like, do I already have a quick temper? Well, sleep deprivation is going to make that worse. So much worse. Let's just keep it real. Um, even like I said, I have a kindergartner and a toddler. And if my toddler doesn't sleep well at night, which is 90% of the time I'm snappier during the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over things that I'm like, Whitney, it's not that big of a deal if their shoes are in the living room. They're kids.
0: Yeah. That's going to happen. Sometimes I feel like, like you were saying, type A, I find myself wanting to control my children. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I'm like, ooh, I was really having some control issues mm-hmm. before I was even a mom. Mm-hmm. So, so that. Plus the hormone shifts. I just feel like not a lot of people have that honest conversation with themselves and say, okay, what is it that I need to be aware of before the hormones drop? Yeah. Truly. That's how people
1: kind of take stock. Be real with yourself. It's okay to be real with yourself. Figure out, okay, what are my weaknesses? I'm allowed. And when I say this, I don't mean berate yourself. I don't mean belittle yourself, but be critical. Yeah. Say, okay, this is kind of a weakness of mine. This is kind of, you know, a fault that I've got going on here. Be real with yourself. Don't berate yourself, though. Those are two very different things. So kind of look at yourself in a critical eye and say, okay, if somebody else had this behavior, I would think, what about it? Mm -hmm. So kind of try to view yourself in somebody else's eyes. And make that your baseline. Understand that that's your baseline.
0: And, and knowing that postpartum period, it can be heightened, especially. 110%. But then when we start going into postpartum depression, yeah. that's not even your baseline anymore. Yeah, no.
1: that is one of those. Let's say your baseline on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being severe, let's just say your baseline's at a three or a four. Right. So it's obviously not something that you love about yourself. Mm-hmm. We all have faults. But it's there. You can manage it. You know, one of those things. But when postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD come into play, all of a sudden you move up to maybe like a seven or an eight or even up to a 10. Right. So you're going to see that pendulum swing. And you're probably your gonna loved ones that. are going to
0: see it as well. Oh, yeah. But it's just recognizing again. Okay. This is, I'm. Um, it's been a month. Yeah. It's been two Something's months. up. Now, like you said, I had that with Will. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um if he was sleeping. And mm-hmm. then I was very groundhog day where I dreaded going to sleep cuz I couldn't yep. sleep and I couldn't see past it. Yeah. I could You feel not like see you're stuck it. in the
1: trenches forever. I
0: couldn't see anything. I was like, "Well, what makes me happy?" Yeah. I lost that. Yep. All these red flags. Yes. Which, speaking of red flags, there are some things that moms need to know that puts them at risk for postpartum depression. Yes. And what are some that you see most commonly?
1: So, I will say this. If you have already struggled at any point in time within your life, even if it was situational, with anxiety, depression, OCD, um, if you've been diagnosed with bipolar, um, if you've been diagnosed with any type of a personality disorder, I would say most specifically like a borderline Mm -hmm. because those tend to kind of have the rapid mood swings. Okay. You're going to, I would expect to be prepared for postpartum anxiety, depression, something like that to be a higher risk. Okay. Now, is it inevitable? No, but I would say you're at higher risk for it. So that's one of those always, you know, discuss with your OB, discuss with your midwife, whoever your healthcare provider is, If you're already taking a medication to manage a mental illness, Mm -hmm. personally, unless your provider tells you opposite, I would encourage you to maintain that. Okay. Yeah. Now, that being said, there are some medications that they have not researched thoroughly or they have researched and there's contraindications with it being continued in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Talk to your provider and see if there's a possibility of transitioning to a medication that is compatible with pregnancy, it may not work as well as what you're on, but it can at least take the edge off.
0: Right. And, you know, one of the things too is what more I read about is therapy is just, I wouldn't say, I don't like the word as good, but you yeah. know, it's equivalent, definitely mm-hmm. can make huge impacts. Absolutely. So if like we was discussing, if you know you're you're having anxiety, yeah. if you know you have issues with your temper, yeah. Go ahead and get in therapy when you're pregnant. Yes, please.
1: Even if it's monthly
0: or every six weeks. Go ahead and do that self-work. If you're having these fears, one of my biggest regrets was Mm -hmm. having high-risk pregnancies. Yeah. And I remember being told Mm -hmm. the odds of me and Will surviving if things went bad were super low. I should have immediately found a therapist and found coping skills, been able to process. Mm -hmm. So it's totally fine. To reach out early. Yes. Give yourself a, Absolutely. a break. Find a trusted person mm-hmm. that can be your therapist. Yep. To work through it early on to prepare Absolutely. yourself. And, you know, traumatic births, high-risk pregnancies. Losses. NICU babies. NICU babies. Um, Young moms. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Thi- say, thyroid.
1: Uh, yes. And I can speak to that because I thought I had an anxiety disorder for the longest and then going through infertility treatments, that's how they diagnosed that I had hypothyroidism. Okay, my anxiety significantly went down. Why do you, I don't know the science behind the thyroid and you know? The thyroid affects everything, from yeah. what I understand, and it's one of those I had had symptoms of it, but they were so I don't know disconnected, yeah, that I never thought it was my thyroid. So I had anxiety, but I also thought, well, I'm a social worker. Yeah. I've been through a lot of things in my career as social work. And then I would have severe leg cramps. I would have heart palpitations. Went to the cardiologist because there's a pretty significant, you know, history of heart disease in my family. Mm -hmm. He did the echocardiogram. He even did like a Doppler type thing on my legs to make sure there wasn't a vein complication. And he basically said, well, you have an arrhythmia. Watch your caffeine intake, drink water, and exercise. I was actually already doing those things. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, well, I guess that's just my genetics. You know, yeah. I wrote it off as, you know, family heart disease, you know, that kind of thing. And then, and I, I should have realized this, but I just didn't. I had brittle nails.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. I had brittle nails and I just wrote that off.
0: You know, so, there's so many people that I know that have thyroid issues. Yeah.
1: I always tell mamas, I'm like, you know, when you go for your six-week appointment, when you go for your annual, when you're pregnant, ask your OB to check your thyroid. Right. Because it is so easily treated. It is, But it affects so much. And it was, I'm going to say, out of my infertility issues, it probably was
0: 80% of the reason I couldn't get pregnant. Oh, wow. Okay. So, mamas, just take note.
1: Your thyroid can really make or break you, literally.
0: Just worth to ask for it to be checked. You're and gonna it's get, a routine blood draw. And you're going to get blood a lot. Get blood a lot when you're going through the pregnancy journey. Oh, yes, that's not going to take any more. Another option or another postpartum depression risk factor here. Which looking back, and I'm like, okay, this was me. Um, I moved away during mm. pregnancy.
1: Oh, my goodness. So
0: I kind of... My parents were far away. My friends were far yeah, away. So if you a have a loss of that support or yeah. maybe your partner or significant other is yeah. um, not supportive or yeah. you have a history of physical sexual abuse there, mm-hmm. um, that's a huge risk factor because you already have yes. so much going on. Mm-hmm. Then you add on a baby. Well, and... You hormones.
1: Know, yeah. Well, and here's another thing. You know, let's talk about finances. Yes. You know, inflation is really bad right now. Gas is a bajillion dollars a gallon. Groceries are going up. A lot of times it's one of those, even if it's a planned pregnancy, all of a sudden this economy has really just kind of gone haywire. And so it's like, well, how can I afford all the baby stuff and groceries now? Yeah. So, you know, finances, if you, like the majority of people like us, live
0: paycheck to Mm -hmm. paycheck,
1: that can really mess things up.
0: Yeah. That can stress you out. And I think, you know, sometimes it's hard to have these anticipation conversations mm-hmm. about how many diapers they're actually going to use. Yeah. Um, You know, the formula shortage.
1: Oh, gracious. Yeah.
0: Hopefully we're moving past that slowly but surely. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> but I think just moms, we have a lot of risk factors. Yeah. We're not saying if you check a couple of these boxes, you're yes. going to get postpartum depression. Exactly. But it's just knowing
1: it's not an absolute. No,
0: just knowing, hey. It's being aware. And have your friends and family support be aware of this. Absolutely. And one thing with postpartum depression, too, and I guess it goes back to how it's like duration, right? So yeah. suicide is, yeah, temps among pregnancy and, you know, postpartum. Yeah. It's the number one cause of death for postpartum yes. women. Yeah. So moms. So that still is to this day. I believe it. And that's tripled. In the past couple of years, COVID, stress. Oh, yeah. And the highest risk actually for suicide postpartum is 9 to 12 months. That's when it peaks. Why do you think it is that? So I think part of that
1: is your baby's about to no longer be a baby mm-hmm. anymore. And let's be real, that newborn stage, you're in the trenches, it's a fog. Yeah. So a lot of moms almost feel like they've missed the first year of their baby's mm-hmm. life, especially if they have to go back to work. Yeah. Um, So you think about it. A lot of moms go back to work anywhere between six to 12 weeks. Yeah. So they're going back to work while they're still sleep deprived, while they're still trying to figure things out with baby. So they're going back to work when baby's three months at the oldest. Yeah. You know, some moms have to go back before their baby is even two months old. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're nine to 12 months and you think I've missed out on the first year of my baby's life. I'm a terrible mother. Why do I have to work? Mm-hmm. And so there's, I think, maybe some self-belittling there. Yeah. Because.
0: And postpartum depression does not go away. No. Yeah. If anything, in my experience, I think it gets worse until you get treatment. Yes. So that's another thing we want to make clear is that yeah. it is treatable. Oh, yes. And, you know, my experience, therapy, I said, say, like, truly to this day has yep. saved me. Mm-hmm. And I was suicidal. I yep. did not see a point out. And again, I hope none of our viewers or listeners yeah. ever have this upon oh, them, but sure. I want them to know the key is recognizing it, oh, being yeah, aware, yeah. and seeking help. Yes. There's no reason why moms in this day and age should Can't not help. have help, be properly screened. Yes. And that's, you know, with Preview Alliance, one thing that we're so passionate about is we start early screening. hmm First trimester to the first year yep. after childbirth is because we know these statistics. Yes. We know that that six weeks appointment, Mm -hmm. 60% don't go to. Yeah. And if you do, the odds of being screened and screened properly is probably not going to happen. And then, like we said before, who maybe wants to be honest in that moment? You've waited a lot. You have a screaming baby. Yeah. It could have maybe taken everything you had to get out of that door. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you're afraid to admit. Oh, yeah. You're scared your baby's going to be taken from you. You know, and even the fact of saying, hey, I'm having an intrusive thought Mm -hmm. could be so scary to you, which is 80%, again, of moms experience this. And we've talked about what intrusive thoughts are. Yep. But all that combined, we just want to make sure moms are aware Mm -hmm. of how to seek help. Yep. Postpartum Support International is a great option. yes. If you are suicidal, the suicide hotline. Yes. Closest emergency room. hmm But the biggest thing to sum this up is postpartum depression is common. Oh, 100%. More common than I think the stats mm-hmm. show. Baby blues. Almost, I think every mom can probably relate to baby blues. It's just you got to focus on how long. Yep. The intensity of it. Mm-hmm. And if we're recognizing this is not us. Yep. Guys, we're always here for you. Absolutely. Till next time. See y'all later.